Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Looking for the truth and not worried about rattling some cages to get at it, this is The Roy Green Show. February the uh, 6th was the International Day of Zero Tolerance for Female Genital Mutilation. And Calgary Conservative Member of Parliament, Michelle Rempel, the Shadow Minister for Immigration, Refugees, and Citizenship, issued a statement in which she called on the federal government to return FGM condemnation to the Canadian Citizenship Guide. And uh, we had Ms. Rempel scheduled. Is she there? Do we have her on the phone? Somebody talk to me? Um, I had uh, I sent uh, Michelle an email this morning and everything was fine. So it was scheduled for right now to speak with her about the uh, issue of FGM being on the Canadian Citizenship Guide. Uh, female genital mutilation is a criminal act upon conviction in Canada. Um Talk to me, please. She's speaking out of the rent right now. Okay. So it looks as though we may not be getting Michelle Rimple. She's speaking at an event, we're told. Anyhow, uh, it is a criminal act upon conviction, and uh, I would agree with Ms. Rimple and some 21,000, I believe it is, Canadians who signed an electronic petition and um, supported putting FGM back into the Citizenship Guide. So we hopefully will have an opportunity to speak to her about that going forward. Okay, so this is, uh, this is how live radio works, folks. So now I understand that we have, uh, we have Ms. Rempel on the phone. So, Michelle, hi, hi. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Um, Sorry about that, being late. No, I told, well, I was going to say it's all right, but it isn't. I mean, I'd be lying. I'd be lying if I said it's all right. <laughs> this is a, such a serious issue. And so 6th of February was International Day of Zero Tolerance for Female Genital Mutilation. You brought that up in Parliament. Was it on anybody else's agenda? Well, we, it wasn't. Um, we found out last summer that the Liberals were going to remove references to the practice in Canada's Citizenship Guide. And that was really alarming because uh, education is one of the best ways to combat this practice. So we spent several months holding the government to account on that particular issue. And then on February the 6th, after they capitulated on that, we want them to do more. So, uh, you know, this hasn't been something that has been on the government's agenda, but it's something we're going to continue to push for, given the amount of people, women and girls, that are affected by it around the world. You know, this is probably the most fundamental question, and yet I don't know whether I 
in fact, should be asking it, but there are emails that I receive, and I just received one now, a minute ago, from somebody saying, well, could you please define what female genital mutilation is? Sure. So it's a practice by which um, there's four different types of it, but a woman's external genitalia are fully removed or cut. Uh, most often that involves her clitoris being cut off. And it's um, practiced um, under, you know, very false pretenses that this somehow will, uh, you know, it, it's for the health of a woman. But really what it is is to remove a woman's sexual agency. And uh, we know that women who undergo this suffer a lifetime of health problems, including difficult childbirth, um, you know, obviously severe pain during intercourse, and uh, also the psychological trauma that's associated with it, um, infections, many other things. And I think what might surprise a lot of people is that there's over 200 million women and girls around the world who are currently living with the effects of that practice. Um, You know, I've gotten some... I, every once in a while, I get someone saying to me, well, it's illegal in Canada. What's the big deal? The reality is, is that it happens in silence. In silence, it's often, well, it, it isn't reported because of the taboo that's attached to it. And we know that people who practice this, like uh, practitioners of FGM, are coming to Canada. And we know that girls are being taken abroad to have this performed on them. And that's where we're, I've been calling on the government to act. Um, this is something that's very serious. It being illegal is important, but it's not enough. And uh, we need to do more to stop this practice uh, abroad, but certainly here in Canada. So these practitioners are coming to this country specifically to conduct female genital mutilation, and and then they, they, they leave and go back to where they came from. That's correct. So there were reports um, from the Canadian Border Services Agency that served over the summer as well that said that uh, they were trying to put their agents on alert for practitioners that were coming into the country with tools to perform this. Um, We currently don't have a strategy in Canada to prevent people from entering the country who practice this. And we also don't have a strategy to prevent girls from being taken abroad to have it practiced on them. So those are two things that I think the government needs to immediately act upon. Um, To date, the only thing that I've seen out of the federal government is sort of a you know, like, they seem to think it's a practice that just happens abroad, and that's our only role as Canadians is to say, okay, well, we're going to combat this overseas. But um, we also need to have a plan in, in place here in Canada uh, because this is affecting Canadian women and girls, and uh, we need to, to do more. So when you say, when you ask that it be or, or demand that it be returned to the Citizenship Guide, and you have the electronic petition, was it some 21,000 people who signed it? It was over 25,000 people. Over 25,000. So you present that in Parliament. What are you, uh, what's the counter-argument that you hear, that it's somehow um, uh, non-inclusive or racist or, or bigoted? Well, that's, that's the interesting thing. They couldn't present a counter-argument. I mean, there's this sort of, there's this 10-minute clip that's gone viral of me when I had the immigration minister in front of us at committee questioning him for nearly 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Why would you remove this? I remember that. And, you know, he couldn't give an answer. And um, to me, that's, it's ignorance defined. Um, This is a practice that, as I've said, and I'll just reiterate it again, only is eliminated when women know their rights and myths around it being something that's necessary or healthy or, or positive for a woman are dispelled. 
And the citizenship guide is a piece of information that everyone entering the country seeking citizenship gets. So to have it in there is such a vital tool to combat this practice that I cannot understand why I had to spend four, four months of my time on taxpayer salaries asking the government to, to, to do something that is a no-brainer, common-sense measure in this regard. So it's highly frustrating and, uh, frankly, embarrassing for the government. When you uh, confront the citizenship minister and the immigration minister with the position that you really need to put this back in the citizenship guide, and here's why, and you understand this as well as I do, what do they say in reply? Well, that's the problem. It's a lot of nothing. Um, I don't know why they took this out. I mean, I'm sure your callers will speculate on that, but that's really a question for them that they have not been able to adequately answer. And, you know, to me, that it's just, again, I'm sorry to sound like a broken record, but it's shameful on their part. And you know what? It sets us having progress moving forward to stop this practice. It pulled that back, right? Um you know, for them not be able to explain why they were doing that, to me, it's, you know, what kind of a message is that sending? Mm-hmm. So, no. I mean, they, had a, they, must have had a re- they must have had a reason to take it out of the guide. So tell, tell you what the, tell all of us what the reason was. Well, and, you know, again, that's a question for the government. No, I understand. I asked probably a million times, uh, and they never adequately answered. I, I am glad to see that Canadians rallied on this issue. You know, 25,000 signatures on a petition is remarkable. It is. And, you know, for anybody who thinks, oh, these petitions, I find them all the time, they don't work, uh, we, we got the government to capitulate on this. So now we need to take that momentum and say, okay, well, what's your plan to stop this from happening in Canada? And what's your plan to protect Canadian girls from being taken abroad? And uh, that's the next uh, front on this particular fight. 25,000 votes is enough to swing 13 or 14 writings in an election, so government should keep that in mind. Michelle, just stay at it, and, uh, and you've got a lot of support across the country. Well, and thank, you for, thank you for raising awareness of this issue, Roy. You know, I, 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 it's not a particularly pleasant one to talk about, but it's important that we, uh, we raise awareness of it and continue to fight it. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us today. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Michelle Rempel, Conservative Member of Parliament for Nose Hill in Calgary. And the federal government should, first of all, they need to put it back into the issue of FGM, back into the citizenship guide, and they should provide Canadians with a understandable reason why they took it out. Now, when we come back, I'm going to introduce you to a Canadian mother of two. She's in Alberta. Her name is Rachel. Remember last weekend I introduced you to a 36-year-old mother of three kids? in the U.S., was suffering with incredibly difficult, agonizing chronic pain, and she has no medication. None. They just took everything away from her, even though for years she had been taking opioids to give herself some quality of life. There had been no issues, no problems, no addiction problems running to the street corner dealer, She just had a livable, manageable life. Then along came the... I won't say it, because the term is used too much. But then along came they, who decided she wasn't allowed to have 
her opioids anymore. And she was talking about committing suicide. She was on the air with her husband. Now, when we come back, Rachel is going to be talking to us and sharing with us which organization in particular in the province of Alberta is making her life hell. Stay with us. <laughs> 